We'll start by analyzing this week's conference championships in the NFL. Last week, the divisional round took place. The Chiefs unfortunately beat our Bills again. The Ravens beat the Texans. The 49ers survived against the Packers. And the Lions beat the Buccaneers. Now in the AFC, we have the Chiefs and Ravens going against each other. And the Lions 49ers are going for the NFC Championship crown. Let's start with the Chiefs and Ravens. First, based off their previous games, let's dissect a few trends from each team and how those will translate to this week's game. Well, it's the Chiefs showed on Sunday that they can win on the road. But I still have some questions about them following a fairly close Bills game. Both of their opponents' defenses, Miami and Buffalo, were ravaged with injuries and the Chiefs were able to take advantage. That will not be the case against the NFL's best defense in the Baltimore Ravens, who lead the league in points allowed and sacks, and will be determined to throw up Patrick Holmes in any way possible. On the other end of the spectrum for them, the Chiefs' defense has been one of the best during the Patrick Holmes era, and it slightly offset the lack of elite offensive production this year. The issue is how the run defense holds up against an elite rushing quarterback like Lamar Jackson, an archetype they struggled against for several years. For the Ravens, they have to have a lot of rest and a lot more energy than the Chiefs. They played one less game and didn't have to spend much energy in putting away the Texans. With that being said, Swish, who do you have to win this game? Well, at the beginning of the playoffs, I took a shot at the dark and said the Chiefs and 49ers were going to meet in the Super Bowl. And since both teams are still in it, I know I can't walk by my prediction at this point. I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes either. The Ravens do have a pretty good chance at winning this game. Their defense is exceptional and doesn't make anything easy for quarterbacks. However, they give throws to the middle field a lot and play zone coverage, which means Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey have the potential to feast. And I still trust Mahomes in a miraculous environment to scramble and make the right decisions. But deep down inside me, I have a feeling that this may be the game where the Ravens finally stand up to the Chiefs and assert themselves as one of the clear best teams in the AFC. The way they've been approaching this game, the fact it's going to be played in Baltimore, makes it a very real possibility the Ravens could be going to Las Vegas this week. I have the Ravens, Swish. The Chiefs have literally walked over the whole conference ever since Pastor Mahomes started his ascension. I'm rooting hard for the Ravens to create a changing of the guard to show that the Chiefs can always walk themselves into a Super Bowl. Anyway, let's move to the 49ers and Lions. The Lions had a convincing win over the Buccaneers last week, while San Francisco was in real trouble against Green Bay. The main question for the 49ers this week was whether Debo Samuel will be healthy. He's active, which is a good morale boost for the team and will significantly help in navigating the Lions defense. The 49ers were exposed against the run against the Packers, though, a recurring trend from the back end of the season that could really lead to some trouble going up against two-man tandem and David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. For the Lions, this is their first conference championship game in decades, and now they have a chance to make franchise history and go to the Super Bowl. Experience has to be a bit of concern, however. The 49ers have been in the NFC Championship several times as opposed to the Lions. A great underdog just jumping into the scene. With that, what's your pick for this game, Swish? 
Oh, same thing with the Chiefs and Ravens. I bet the 49ers can't. There's a good reason to believe San Francisco beats Detroit here. Detroit has had a subpar secondary all season, which means Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and Debo could be open for big plays. And while Detroit has an elite pass rush, Brock Purdy typically gets the ball out quickly, which can negate that advantage. If Christian McCaffrey is able to run against an adept Lions run defense, this game, in my opinion, tilts to the 49ers' favor. But on the other hand, Detroit is playing with a highly confident quarterback in Jared Goff and two running backs who could have big days against a stumbling 49ers defense. If they're able to pressure Brock Purdy and make him make mistakes, which has happened this season, the advantage leans in their favor. Really, whoever quarterback makes the least mistakes is probably going to end up winning this game. But if this specific matchup with San Francisco having home field, I'm going to ride with Purdy. Green, I think the 49ers will remember what happened last year against the Eagles and fight for a chance to go to another Super Bowl. In other NFL news, the Chargers lured Jim Harbaugh away from Michigan while the Falcons hired Los Angeles Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris as head coach. In addition, the Panthers hired Bucks offensive coordinator Dave Pinales as head coach. Swish, give me your reactions on these hires. Excellent hires for all the teams, in my opinion, even though all of them passed on Bill Belichick. Hardball for the Chargers is the full package with experience, the understanding of how to coach a championship team, and the understanding of developing quarterbacks. Justin Herbert is primed for another leap with him. Morris has had great experience across the entire NFL on both sides of the ball. He's very respected and offers more long-term flexibility for Atlanta than Bill Belichick. And for the Panthers, they desperately need somebody who can instill some confidence in Bryce Young following an atrocious rookie season. Canales has worked with a whole bunch of quarterbacks. He knows how to do that. Let's move to a wild week in the NBA. The main story was the Bucks midseason with the second best record in the NBA firing their coach Adrian Griffin in favor of Doc Rivers. The main question surrounding Griffin was whether he could actually lead the Bucks to a title within a short window. And the fact the Bucks have had a shaky defense this year. Oh man, it sucks for Adrian Griffin that the Bucks didn't give him time to ameliorate some of the defensive and locker room issues that were present among the Bucks. But despite winning games, the Bucks felt an upgrade needed to be made in order for them to win a title. I'm not as against firing Adrian Griffin, who was all right as a head coach, as much as I am opposed to the Bucks hiring Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers led a very good Celtics team to a championship 16 years ago. And in the time since, he's flamed out with both the Clippers and 76ers, pulling several playoff leads, and made head-scratching decisions. That makes me wonder whether he has actually evolved to the modern flow and schemes and systems of the NBA. This is great news for us collectively, Ace. The Heat and Celtics now have a greater chance to win a ring and get through the Eastern Conference. Now, I still think the Bucks will win games. They have Damon Lillard and Giannis. But unless Doc shows he has truly evolved, I don't see him winning a championship in the postseason. I think the entire Milwaukee Bucks front office for hiring Doc Rivers. I should send them a thank you card. Thank you. My Celtics now have a clear runway to a championship. Let's move on to a trade this week happening between the Heat and Hornets. 
The Hornets traded Terry Rozier for Kyle Lowry and a 2027 first-round draft pick. Thoughts on this trade, Swish? Well, I know the first two games of the Scary Terry era have been pretty bad. We lost to the Memphis Grizzlies on Wednesday night. We were playing without several of their stars and a bunch of their bench players, and we were obliterated by the Boston Celtics on Thursday night, who we straight up couldn't defend. It was hard to watch. Right now, the offense is middling, and we're struggling to get the chemistry together. But Terry hasn't actually practiced with the team and become acquainted with the roster. And he has some, some strong flashes of speed, creation, and assertiveness. Something the Heat badly need. I have patience. Although it would be really helpful to have a veteran leader like Kyle Lowry. Swish, as you saw on Thursday night, Rozier doesn't put you guys on a nearly the level the Celtics are on right now. He's been a scorer on a bad team for several years now and developed some bad habits. I just don't see him fitting with this Heat roster. Let's wrap up this podcast. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed. Make sure you drop a follow on this podcast. Where else?